Welcome back to the Black Witch Podcast. It's your girl Marquisia, and as y'all already know, I am so excited to be here. Happy Sunday. Um, today's episode, and I'm sure you've already noticed, is super duper long, and that is because we have an amazing um interview with an amazing spiritual person. Um the interview is conversation style, so I don't ask any like specific questions or anything, but we get into so many different topics from food to money to just living the spiritual lifestyle overall and what that means for each one of us and how different it is for each one of us. I'm not going to hold you up because I'm pretty sure that you're excited to hear what's going on and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. I hope that you enjoyed this super long, barely edited podcast episode and that you're able to gain some knowledge and catch the gems that were dropped that were dropped because I definitely caught them even when I listened back to it so I'm super excited and I will leave all of her information in the description box so that you can get in touch with her and um you know stay connected to her and the work that she's doing but other than that you know we're gonna get straight into the episode So I just want to start by asking, well, first, let's talk about you. Introduce yourself. Well, I'm Linda, or better known as Al Linda. And That's what I call you, too. Yeah, everybody calls me that when they see me, and I'm like, oh, wow, it's really becoming a thing now. <laughs> someone, like, saw me at 7 Arts, and they're like, oh, you're Al Linda, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of weird, but that's my artist name, so mm-hmm. I'm embracing it now. Um, and the reason for that name is the Owl is my spirit animal. Astrological perspective because I'm a Gemini. Okay. But on the cusp of Taurus and Gemini, so I'm not all the way crazy. <laughs> but I love um, Geminis. I know a lot of I, people hate Geminis. I think it's Virgos and Geminis get along because we understand each other. Because must we be have it. the same ruling planet. That has to be. It's definitely it because I do get along really well with Virgos. Every time do. someone like complains about Geminis, I'm like, well, it also it's, depends on the Gemini because people have entire ass natal charts out here. You that's know what true. I mean? That's so, true. So it's a lot of other yeah, factors. Yeah, it's a lot of other factors. And plus, I have a Capricorn moon too. So okay. I kind of, and like a lot of earth in my chart. Mm-hmm. So, it, so, yeah, I yeah. balance, like my, my air is balanced with like groundedness. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about like stability and just, you know. But aside from that, let me not get off topic. <laughs> um, I, I'm a creative, I would call myself because I kind of just do a lot of different things like sometimes I paint sometimes well most of the time I'm either doing my music or I'm making jewelry or like writing content Mm -hmm. because I really love writing and I'm eventually gonna write a book about my spiritual practices and things like that so I would just call myself a creative and a spiritual person I got into spirituality, I guess you can say, in around in around like 2016, because mm-hmm. the universe was just like bringing certain things my way, like without me even having to look for them. Mm-hmm. Like I learned astrology through a friend who isn't even into that anymore. Like mm-hmm. they're now like heavy Christian. Like they went from the total polar opposite, like being spiritual and being like, you know into all the the sage and the crystals and astrology mm-hmm. to like getting an exorcism and then being um a christian again mm-hmm. which i just i don't see anything wrong with being christian 
but I didn't think anything needed to be exercised from that person. Yeah, but it's the it's the um the way that you change mm-hmm. back. You can you can be Christian and it and not bash other people. Yeah, and not ba- and not call everything goes the devil demonic you know what i mean <laughs> that's and so that, annoying like, that really sparked a lot for me that experience of like being really close with someone and then showing me so many things and like mm-hmm. me because i was i always was spiritual like i always had a connection with god even when i was christian and in church so you like, grew up yeah in christianity yep i grew up in a um, holiness science church because they call it holiness science because they incorporated a lot of different things like my grandma got crystals from church and stuff like that mm-hmm. our church wasn't like traditional i guess you yeah. say okay. like they didn't really push getting baptized but they let you choose if you wanted to mm-hmm. get baptized it wasn't something that was like you, you have know to. you have to be baptized yeah. type thing like i chose to get baptized when i was 12 it was just i liked my church it was really like all inclusive and mm-hmm. they didn't really make a big deal about like how you dress or mm-hmm. And it really set the tone for the kind of person that yeah. I would become. Because I wasn't that judgmental Christian. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't... I didn't want to be. Like, I wanted people to want to come to church, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it wasn't something that I, like, pushed on people. And it wasn't something that our church wanted us to, like, knock on people's door yeah. and, like, Convert force on them. them. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't yeah. something like that. It was more like, you know, this is what we believe and you choose what you want. And I think. think that's really important. Because Very. a lot of times people assume... Especially when they ask me if I'm um, Christian, I say no. They assume it's because I had a bad experience with yeah. Christianity. And in a way, I did, but it had nothing to do with the church, the pastor, or yep. the people. Because I came from an actually really cool church. If I was to go to church today, I would go to that church. Right. I'm not like, but people just assume that is, And they always say stuff like, well, you just need to try a different church. And I'm like, no, it's not that. Yeah, it's, it's not. That. I had a great church experience. Yeah, it's just that people have their own paths that they need to take. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, and I'm not going to say every church is this way, but a lot of churches, they 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 want to give you the path to take. Yeah, and they say there's of, only one path. Yeah, and then if you, if you diverge from that path, oh, you're sinning, or mm-hmm. oh, you're this or that, or mm-hmm. insert adjective. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, the concept of that term, sin, was probably the first thing that got me. I remember being, I was young. I don't know. I don't know how old I was, but I finally, like, understood hell. Like, you know, they talk about it all the time. And then one day I just got to the age where I really understood what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And I went home that night and I was, like, crying in tears in my bed. Because I was like, God, why would you send people to burn for eternity? I just couldn't, I couldn't get it. And my grandma it, had yeah. to come to me. I made it, I may have been, like, eight. My grandma had to come to me and calm me down because I was just praying for everybody. Like, if you lie, you burn for eternity. If you make a mistake, like, you know, in an eight-year-old mind, I was so confused. We I have, couldn't believe it. Like, there's literally... We have a part of our brains <laughs> that literally rationalizes things, which that's where lying comes in. Because most people lie to protect themselves. Yeah. It's not like you're lying because... And there are some people, yeah. like, with a chemical imbalance yeah. who literally lie and have no emotion yeah. behind it. But most human beings, when they lie, they don't want to. Yeah. You know, it's not something you want to do. It's like a threat Sinning, type of thing. Most of the things that we call sin is not things we want to do. Mm-hmm. Like it's, But life happens. Mm-hmm. And who are we to say that that's wrong yeah. or that that's a sin? And, you or know, that's going to condemn you to burn forever. Yeah, I just could not get it. Like, I was begging God, like, can we please do I something never, different? That's one of the things, the concept of hell was definitely one of the things that it just it kind of like pulled me away from it yeah it was just like okay so 
but does it even matter what I do at this point? Like, because I know I've lied before, and I know I'm probably gonna <laughs> so lie that's again. Just it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody so I'm just does. The pastor lies. You know Everybody. what I'm saying? People, people lie. It's a part. It's a part of becoming. People have you know? sex. People cheat. People, people cheat. steal. People, people steal. do things, and there are whole stories behind why people do these things. Yeah. It's not just because there's terrible persons because things have happened and that was one of the first things that got me first and then even when I was still super Christian that hell thing just wasn't working for me I still believed in my heart that it was deeper than that I was like okay maybe some people do go to hell but there's no way that you go to hell for these things like that like I think I think all of it is mine really like yeah I think all of it is mine and when I say that I mean somebody created that just like somebody Mm -hmm created the bible and just Mm -hmm. like somebody created heaven somebody created heaven and somebody created hell so who is this somebody to say that (laughs) you know because i did this thing that i'm gonna be condemned to this place you know what i'm saying and i've always been about autonomy like Mm -hmm. since i was young my mom told me i like playing by myself i like to be by myself Mm -hmm. i like to be in my own space like i would play with the kids and then i would go by myself that's just always been my rhythm Mm -hmm. so i naturally accepting that kind of concept and like running my life in accordance with that concept it just didn't work for me Mm -hmm. it was like this walking around in fear of going to hell all the time like walking on eggshells not doing what my spirit is clearly telling me to do Mm -hmm. because it's demonic or because it's worshiping false idols and stuff like that it just it didn't feel right to me because I was always the kind of person that wanted to learn about different religions Mm -hmm. and wanted to just learn like what made people tick and what made people gravitate towards certain things Mm -hmm. and that's not to say that everything is worth you know learning about because I've definitely come into contact with some things where it's like oh whoa Mm -hmm. I need to stay away from that that's not it doesn't resonate with my spirit exactly but at the same time if it does yeah yeah, you know what I'm saying if it does I'm supposed to just deny that because I'm a Christian or because I got baptized when I was 12 you know what I mean so I tell people I chose to get baptized when I was 12 but I don't call myself a Christian and the reason why I don't call myself a Christian is because there's a persona attached to that word. Mm-hmm. And I'm identifying with that when I call myself that. Yeah. I, I study Buddhism. I study Hinduism. I study, you know, the Tao and a whole bunch of different things. But I don't identify with any of it. Yeah. Because at any time, I can choose that. I don't want to mm-hmm. practice that anymore. Mm-hmm. And at any important. time, I can choose something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's important for people to realize that when you do choose a label... You're choosing everything that comes with it. Exactly. You know, like, you can't say... I mean, you can, not to tell people that they can't, but for me, I was like, well, there are certain things in Christianity that I do agree with, but then there are so many that I don't. So if I call myself a Christian... I'm encompassing all of it, though. I can't mm-hmm. say I'm a Christian, but this, 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 this. Yeah. I either am or I'm not. Yeah, I can't say I'm why. a whatever, but this, this, this. If something has a part of it that I don't agree with, I just can't be a part of it. Mm-hmm. It's Same. Just... And I, I've always been really, like, headstrong about that. And I was one of those kids, like, my mom didn't have to tell me to read the Bible. Like, I wanted to. I wanted to learn those things. So I would just read on my own time and writing things on note cards and studying it like it was a textbook mm-hmm. or something. Like, I was in school. I was schooling myself with that stuff. And there was a point in my studies where I was reading certain things. I'm like, this does not resonate with me. And I cannot pretend like this resonates with my spirit. And, 
the older I got, the more I just was like, let me just see what what yeah. my spirit is calling me to do instead of just taking this and identifying with it because that's all I've been taught. And it's just another thing that a lot of people don't like to talk about is the fact that Christianity is just a mumbo jumbo gumbo of a whole bunch of other African mm-hmm. religions mm-hmm. that were burned and you know hidden from mm-hmm. us and taken from us and stolen from us and the fact that a lot of people or a lot of Christians are calling us demonic for getting back to those practices is really ironic mm-hmm. because it's like a lot of the things that you guys do in Christianity is is a result of, of us the being Yoruba religious traditions exactly. and the voodoo and exactly. hoodoo and all of those different things like you think you're just over there drinking grape juice and eating crackers and it doesn't right. have, have an intention behind it <laughs> and you think those something. candle colors don't have an intention behind it you think that they didn't get that from somewhere you think mm-hmm. it just came out of nowhere and these white colonists just oh let's make this religion and, and then push it on everybody it didn't happen like that just like they went everywhere and took everything else they went and took religious concepts too and mm-hmm. put them all in this one book and wrote them all in a way that made it seem like oh we we created this mm-hmm. and that's just not the case mm-hmm. and if you read in other religions you can clearly see it's clear as day mm-hmm. that the bible is not just the bible it's the quran it's mm-hmm. the kabbalah it's all of these different things put in one and the fact that some people don't know that is what I don't know if it's because I'm a person that has always learned like like you said I studied the bible too because I just I can't be a part of something and not understand it I just can't do it I can't Mm -hmm. we can go to verse whatever at whatever time but then I'm gonna go to the beginning of the book and read the whole thing because I understand um what is it when you have to know the surroundings? Like, I need to know the context. We yeah, just read verse The implicit six. meaning. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, but what did 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 say to lead to verse 6? Like, yeah. I never could just... Because I always love to read. And I know that a book has an order. Mm-hmm. So, you don't just flip through a page in a book and read it and say, Okay, the book said this, and then that's it. Yeah. You have to know like, what's going on. I couldn't on. go to church because it's like they going all the way to Corinthians. I'm not even at Corinthians yet. I'm not there yet. And no one else <laughs> so, is. And no nobody else is there, so, too. No one else has read anything you know other what than who's what? Go, who reads it? The only way... That's how I choose a book to read. Mm-hmm. I'll flip through a page, and I'll read something. I'm like, oh, this resonates with me. Okay, close. And then I start from the beginning. I wouldn't just keep flipping through <laughs> random right, let me pages. Go, let me go to page five. Oh, let me go to chapter five. Like, no, nobody reads like that. So just the fact that there's, they just want to pick and choose what they tell you, that also didn't sit right mm-hmm. with me either. And it's specific ones. I remember... This was right before I quit Christianity. Um, I had just moved back from Atlanta because I went to Georgia State. And moving out of a small town in the South was one of the best things mm-hmm. that ever... Had I not moved to Atlanta and been around so many different people, I would have never understood that there was something else. Because where I'm from, you're a Christian or you're a devil worshiper. Period. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, 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 you're I'm just from Ohio, either or. crazy that it's just so that deep because you would think that up north... Because you know, I know, I know, in the south, it's like way yeah. more like of a thing. Like they got the big churches, churches, and churches on TV, and you know the the really like the Kanye West mm-hmm. and all that. <laughs> like let's not even talk about that. But we because that you know situation what I mean? is throwing me off. But I'm not even gonna all the way knock it. I'm I'm not gonna be biased. I can't about knock it. it either. I think he's going. He, that's his way of healing. And if he can do it, I mean, if everybody else can do it, 
Why can't Kanye West do it? Kanye West is not the only person to, he just happens to be Kanye West. He's not the only person to start a church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so let's not, let's not judge Kanye West when there are plenty of pastors out here who came across it the same way. I think the intention is pure. So as long as the intention is pure, it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. do you. It's not for me, it's just not for me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And the album... It was cool. I liked it. I didn't listen to it. I but then to it. I stopped listening listen to Kanye to it. West. Yeah, I stopped listening to Kanye West too after Yeezus because that kind of threw me off. I was like, mm, don't like this. And I just don't necessarily but, like his music anymore. But I'll probably give yeah, it a try. Yeah, it's... It was... I liked it. And I'm saying that from perspective of someone who likes old Kanye. hmm And I'm not saying that new Kanye or whatever is a bad person or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm learning to just not judge people for yeah, being, you know, the space they're at. Because we really have no idea what's going on with that man. Exactly. And, and I wouldn't want anyone really to judge me. That might be really healing for him, you know, yeah. to, to have yeah. that church and to sure. get back to that. Because if you remember how his mother was, she was really in the church. And, and that has to... And, I mean, not has to. We all know that that really affected him. Yeah, most certainly. We know yeah, that. Man, like, and I feel like it has it's a lot of... It's a lot of the reason why he was the way he was for so mm-hmm. long and straying away from himself, I would think. I don't really know. But from my experience and from me observing the situation, it seemed that he really strayed far away from, his, from mm-hmm. himself after his mother passed away. And that seems like a human, a normal human thing to do, except for the fact that he's in the public eye. Yeah. And now there's millions of people watching him do that versus people lose parents and stray away from themselves every day in daily life. Yeah. But they get to do it in the comfort of yeah, and they have support. their privacy and not, not, and not support, judgment you know and not tabloids and not yeah. those things. So, and, yeah. But it took me a long time to get to that point because I can't even act like at first I was mad at Kanye. And talking yeah, man, I was very him. angry. I was very angry. And then, and then I had to look at myself like, why are you so angry at exactly. someone who doesn't even know you? Doesn't even know you. And you don't know him. <laughs> you don't even know this person all the way. You can't even be fully angry without a bias, at least. You know, what you I'm make saying? a majority of the things oh, that you're angry about. That's why I tell myself, like, majority of the things that you're angry about, you're making up. You don't really know. You, don't you have really not know. talked to him. Yeah. But I wish everyone could do that because I, I do very human things because mm-hmm. I'm because we're human. Yeah. But I also think about it afterwards. I still get pissed off about little things and I still Everybody like does. do unquote unquote spiritual things. But the thing is, I think about it later. Yeah. And I say, you, you know what? Like self-reflection is so important. A powerful and tool. And very, very powerful. And so many people don't have that luxury. You know, because so they're working these 95, 95. <laughs> they're Call, working they, these they need to be yeah, Basically. <laughs> they're working, working these 95. <laughs> And just, you know, not doing what they're passionate about, not even figuring out, like, what they're passionate about, not spending enough time with themselves to know, like, oh, this makes me tick. You know what I'm saying? And I think, I just think it's really a beautiful thing to see so many brown people getting back to their roots Mm -hmm. and learning, like, what is it about this that doesn't resonate with me? Why can't I fully be a Christian? Why can't I fully be into this? You know what I'm saying? And I wish more churches... We're open to those kind of conversations. Yeah. Allow people you know, to allow find people out. to have doubt mm-hmm. and allow people to you know question things. Mm-hmm. But they don't want you to question things mm-hmm. in church. They want you to just blindly believe things. And, that's it. and it's like, well, somebody told me Shakespeare wrote the Bible. I don't know the validity of that. But if but hell, Shakespeare we don't wrote know the Bible, who wrote we don't it. know who wrote it. <laughs> so well, I don't even know the person who wrote. I can't the even book. tell you that Shakespeare did, and I don't know. He exactly, could have. he could have. <laughs> And my thing is, if 
you know, this book was pushed so heavily by um, Caucasian people. Why is that? Why does nobody ask why they were so adamant on making brown people Christians, on converting us? And why is no one thinking about the fact that we literally have so many ancestral practices, so many things that we've just been stripped from? Why is no one, like, trying to look back on that and figure out, like, okay, where do we... Where do we um, diverge on our path? Not their path, on our path as, you know, melanated people. Yeah. And I just, I learned so much just um, choosing to be open-minded about things and choosing to look at things differently and not just be so rigid in my beliefs Mm -hmm. and so like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be and if it's not this way, Mm -hmm. then it's demonic. You know, and, and that's I, such a fear. It, it's the it's fear, fear, really. Yeah. Because I remember the first time I tried yoga, the first time I was going to try yoga, I literally had a battle within myself because I truly thought that if I do this pose, I'm going to hell. <laughs> like, it's demonic. And it's I sat deep, there man, forever, like, not able to do... What was it? I don't even know what it was. Um, I just... I was really yeah, so battling internal, with myself, and it's, uh, and that's what happens. Even if you think, they put it in your mind so much that when you even have a thought of, I remember sitting in church or something, let's say the pastor says something, and I'm thinking, is that true? The moment I think, is it true? I'm thinking, oh God, that's the devil making me question. You know, like, there's so much okay, fear in you're it. You're putting so much power in something else. When, if, if they push so heavily that, you know, God is in us, and all of that and if that's the case then why would I not trust myself they don't even emphasize they say that and don't even break down what they mean they just say it and no one really sits down and thinks okay God is in me because I've heard that my entire life but it wasn't until I was 20 that I was able able to sit down and say wait God is in me like that's literally a, actually like, a powerful it's not just something that we're saying just to say it's actual or like it's a connection to the creation <laughs> that, that me, made like, all for real inside of me. Uh, yeah, and I just man. wish everyone could could experience the freedom of not having to be so fearful. But everybody has their own path, and I have to remind yeah, myself man. that. And I need to mind my business and mind mine. Yeah, that's <laughs> all you can do. Because I used to be that person, like, and then you have to think about it. Like mm-hmm. now you're, you're going back to your Christian ways. Yes, you're doing the same thing. The same exact thing, but, but just, just not, a different face. Yeah, it's know like what I'm I think I always call it steps. I heard it's the term spectrum. baby woke. And um, baby woke is when you first find out these things and you're like so excited and you're just wondering, okay, why doesn't everybody think this? Why and then does you go around pushing, this? hey, crystals, this, 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 the Bible is by the white man, blah, blah, blah. And you're like pushing it. And then you're you're just being them. And so for now it's spirituality that you're mm-hmm. pushing. And it's like, it was steps because I did that for like a year or two. Uh, and I was on people's neck. Every Christian that I saw, I was ready I to was argue. The, I was that way with diet for a minute. I wasn't really that way with, I mean, I posted my own journey and I wanted people mm-hmm. to see like, oh, this is what I do. You know, I go outside into nature. I drink my smoothies. I, mm-hmm. you know, make crystal jewelry. I do this. I do that. And But it was coming from a place of, you know sharing sharing you yeah. know it wasn't like oh if you don't do this then i'm not gonna follow you or if you don't yeah. do this then we yeah. can't communicate type thing it wasn't like that that's how i was but I, anytime somebody says something about jesus i didn't follow them well 
And that's I'm how not gonna I say I wasn't first. that way because I kind of was, was that way a little bit rude. with that. But <laughs> it wasn't. I'm not even gonna say if you say something about Jesus, I unfollowed you. It was like what you chose to say about Jesus, and I would unfollow you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying to make yourself seem like you're holier than thou or above everyone else or your beliefs are more holy than my beliefs then that's when I'll be like okay now this is an issue of ego and I'm not there anymore so Mm -hmm. I'm gonna let you do you and I'll just unfollow you just for my own peace of mind Mm -hmm. but if you're just posting something about Jesus and it's uplifting I can be open-minded about that like I I don't have so much trauma with Christianity where I'm like oh I don't want to hear shit about that at all don't come my way with that it was never that way for me personally but I definitely did that with diet because I felt like that was so important and I realized for myself that it was so important because I had so many issues like before I changed my diet up and I was just like oh my god like my skin is clearing up my hair is going faster and this and this and that and then I just told my whole family about it and I was just getting on them about everything they were eating and I was like you're eating pork that causes this 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 and you're eating dairy that causes this 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 and you're eating this that causes this and I was always that person but then I realized like it's not my place to try to change someone's diet or you know push them into anything and it honestly impacted them more when I was just doing it instead of talking about it all the time instead of you know um trying to put a certain lifestyle on someone when they're not ready for it yeah people definitely pay attention more about to what you do Mm because when I first started my spiritual journey and I was hey if you mention Jesus I'm gonna argue up and down why <laughs> why no, you literally question it? I, I would used to argue back but then like I think about my mom when I first started <laughs> when I first started meditating and I asked for a dream catcher or something she literally told me I was going to hell and that I was devil worshiping and wow, um I was like crazy. I don't know I I was still in college maybe it was like my first or second year or something um and we actually got in a really big fight and then now now that she just sees it and she sees the way it changes she used to bother me all the time about coming to church Mm -hmm. and I used to be like no 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 but I was so angry and she could see that so she thought church was going to help but it wasn't until I I stopped being angry and I stopped being like everyone needs to do what I need to do and Christianity is the enemy and I just did for me that she like she sees that I'm okay mm-hmm. and she sees that it works for me like people just notice people notice what's actually happened not this yeah, not just what not you're what saying you're talking about, you can say all pushing. day that meditation makes you peaceful blah 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 but if you out here angry and stressed all day no one's gonna believe that my grandma said something to me that opened my eyes and I was like dang she really read me because she was like you do all this meditating but you still hot-headed and I was like Oh, <laughs> <Bet>. so <laughs> so meditation doesn't just make you a calm person. Okay, noted. But my grandma and my mom and my dad, they were all really open-minded when I was going through my thing. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that because um, although I was like choosing a different path, they weren't like, oh, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. My grandma never told me that. My grandma's really deep in the book. Like she, I think she damn near read the whole Bible mm-hmm. at this point. And um, I, she was honestly the person that I was most worried about mm-hmm. who would, like, say something about my beliefs. But she was all for it. She loved it. And she's even now asking me things about my diet. And she wants mm-hmm. to kind of transition into being plant-based because she's dealing with a lot of health stuff right now. And my mom's plant-based for the most part. And my sister's plant-based now. She eats seafood. My little sister, she's, like, not for it at all. Like, she's chicken, turkey, <laughs> 
beef, all of it. She's not for it. She's not going for it. How but, do you feel about the correlation between what you eat and spirituality? Like, you, do you feel like it's a really strong connection, or what are your thoughts on that? I definitely think it's a strong connection, and uh, my reasoning is because um, everything has a frequency, everything has an energy, mm-hmm. and. For me, I don't really think of it like that when I was eating me. I was really detached from the fact that I'm eating a being that was once living and that didn't have a choice mm-hmm. of whether, you know, they would become food or, you know, because we all become food for the earth mm-hmm. eventually. And um, that's the cycle of life. But um, just I've always honestly, when I was younger as a kid, I wanted to go vegetarian. Mm-hmm. But my family, they were like, what is wrong with you? Like, mm-hmm. you gonna eat what we put on your plate type thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, one time, I remember this as a child vividly, like asking my grandma, like, hey, can you just give me the sides? I don't want the meat. And she was, she put it on my plate. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you gonna eat this. <laughs> so I thought I was doing something wrong by not wanting to eat meat. So I was like, okay, whatever. And I just started forcing myself to eat it. But I always felt something, mm-hmm. you know, about eating meat. And it just didn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. And I trust that feeling with anything, whether it's like, you know, I walk into a room and it don't feel right or I get in somebody's car and it don't feel right. Mm-hmm. I've all, that feeling has never steered me wrong. Every time I've doubted that feeling, yeah. I've reaped the or basically dealt with the consequences mm-hmm. of that. So because of that, I just, you know, I started doing my research. I had got around, you know, I moved, or not moved, but I was in Atlanta more. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in Tyrone, which is like 30 minutes south of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So I started going to Atlanta, doing performances and stuff like that. And I was meeting all these people know through the girl I was telling you about who showed me mm-hmm. all you know the astrology and numerology and stuff like that and I was just meeting a lot of plant-based people brown people in particular and um I had never seen one seen anyone who looked like me that ate like that mm-hmm. I, it was always white people who were the vegans mm-hmm. or like you know like veganism it seemed like veganism was something that you had to be able to afford mm-hmm. that was the belief that I held about you know food at the time that you know vegetables were expensive and meat was affordable and things like that so I just started doing my research on food and you know the one of the things that really opened my mind was the gut brain barrier and I found out that um that um there's like a neural connection between your gut and your brain Mm -hmm. and what you eat has everything to do with your mind and how you operate up there that makes sense because honestly everything we do is determined by how much fuel we have in our body Mm -hmm. like if you're hungry you can't think so I can only imagine that the foods that you eat play a part in how you think too yeah most certainly and once I learned about that like they call your gut like your second brain because it's such an intricate system Mm -hmm. um um shout out to the holistic psychologist I encourage everybody to look her up she's amazing She's the one who opened my eyes to that. Where is she? She's, she's on holistic. Instagram. Okay. She's on Instagram. When um, I started reading her posts, and she's not like plant based or vegan, but she's um she's definitely an intentional eater. She's an intentional eater, and for me, it's not so much about being vegan anymore. It's more so about being intentional about what you're eating and knowing that what you're eating does affect you know your mind and how you think and how you behave and things like that. And a lot of meat we eat nowadays is packed with hormones and causes you know in meat regardless of whether it's organic or you know or or raised in your backyard regardless it's it has an energy when you kill it and not only that it um our bodies and you know our teeth and it's just not made for eating meat mm-hmm. 
we if you look at us and you look at a horse and you look at different herbivores you'll see that we have a lot of similarities with them we have long digestive tracts we have teeth that aren't sharp you know if you look at a carnivore a true carnivore their digestive system is not nearly as long and drawn out as ours is and not only that they have acids and things like that that help to break down the kind of things they're eating whereas we don't have that and that's why if you eat if you only <coughs> ate meat all the time you probably wouldn't poop that often <laughs> and the reason for that is because our bodies were created to ingest you know things of the earth mm-hmm. herbs vegetables things like that that's why those things go through our body as fast as they do because that's what we're supposed to be eating um so I just, I grew passionate about it because I realized when I was eating better that there was a lot of changes I was seeing in not only my appearance, but my energy overall. I was just more energetic when I was eating fruits and vegetables. And that's not to say that I don't slip up sometimes and eat dairy or slip Mm -hmm. up sometimes and, you know, accidentally eat something with meat in it. I'm not perfect. I have my moments Mm -hmm. where I want to eat a whole pack of cookies to myself, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and it's okay. I trust that. My body knows what it needs, and I just, you know, I trust what I need. And, and it's just, important to have grace with yourself yeah, anyway. Yeah, if you don't want to be too hard rigid, on yourself. you might as well be religious. If yeah, you're going to be you know super rig- yeah. um, rigid, mm-hmm. it's important to have grace with yourself and just allow yourself to make mistakes. Or not, I hate, sometimes I hate using the word mistakes. Just allow yourself to do things sometimes. Because, I mean, a mistake basically means that you weren't meant to do it or or you didn't mean well yeah you weren't meant to do it basically and I think there's no coincidence and because mm-hmm. I think there's no coincidence I'll trust when my body needs sugar but I'll look at the reason why yeah. instead of just saying oh I want some sugar right now I'll look up why do I have sugar mm-hmm. cravings and choose and, a different sugar maybe yeah, instead and of Oreos like something low glycemic yeah. or you know <clears throat> instead of getting Oreos I'll get gluten free cookies mm-hmm. or instead of getting milk I'll get almond milk or cashew milk or something mm-hmm. instead of just trying to totally take it away from myself and say oh I'm not going to have that at all I'm going to substitute it with something and I'm not even going to say more healthy because either way you're eating a lot of sugar but more Better I guess you. less harmful yeah. you know what I mean because yeah. you're not eating from another animal more, something that's more like, intentional yeah it's more intentional that's all it is because I'm still you know doing something that my body might not like later because Sugar in general is just not good for your body for the most part. We need there is a certain amount of sugar that we need and that we can get from fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. and different things like that. But the processed sugar that most of us are familiar with is as addicting as cocaine. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't think about that. The and fact that we most people have been eating in this country anyway, have been eating sugar their entire lives is just proof in itself of how addicting it yeah. is. Like and there's sugar, there's sugar in things in we don't everything. even yeah. <laughs> there's I was just gonna say that. In and things we don't even know they have yeah. sugar in, like tomato sauce. I found out people put sugar in their spaghetti, so I've probably been eating sugar in spaghetti, sugar and I don't know that sugar everything. in marinara sauce, sugar in pizza. Yeah. My partner told me about how he used to work at this pizzeria, and they were dumping sugar in the dough, dumping sugar in the sauce. You know what I mean? And they know how addicting it is, and that's why if you look on the back of you're whatever you might not even think it's sugar in there and they just sprinkled a little bit in there you know what I mean because it's like sprinkling a little bit of crack on there and it's a guarantee that's just a normalized crack crack it's a normalized crack literally (laughs) and same with caffeine a lot of people don't even know that they're addicted to a drug they don't want to call sugar a drug but it's the same shit Mm -hmm. it does the same thing 
it literally it does to your brain the same thing a drug would do mm-hmm. you know same with caffeine and and I'm not to say just give up caffeine just give up sugar just give up all of those things because I drink coffee every once in a while and just be intentional just be intentional it. with it and do your do research it. that's how I feel I love coffee yeah. But at one point, I was noticing I was getting coffee every single time I wanted coffee. Yeah. Like, if I had coffee that morning and I wanted it in the afternoon, I would get it in the afternoon and i get it at night, too. Mm-hmm. And that was maybe, like, two years ago that I stopped. And I only yeah. allow myself one coffee a day and only if I'm going to work. If I'm home, I'm not getting coffee. I'm getting tea. If I'm not going anywhere, because sometimes, I mean, like a drug, like taking a, what did I do? They snort a line of coke. To get yourself yeah. ready for the day, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. Sometimes I just drink the coffee to get through the day, and it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's just important to be intentional and to know what you're doing. When you're just yeah. doing things, like when you're just feeling, um, what is it, feeling the urge to do something and not questioning that urge yeah. or not thinking about that urge, yeah. like there are literally people who every urge that they get, they do it. Like yeah, that's constantly. impulsive. And that's, that's impulsive and it's dangerous. A lot of people don't think about that. But in another thing, this world makes it, you know, so easy to just do shit without thinking about your reason for doing it. Especially America. Literally, not only that, it's just the TV, the way the TV is set up, the way Mm -hmm. that everything is flashing and they only have a frame for two seconds. And there's different things like that makes our attention span so short where it's Mm -hmm. like we don't really... We're just like on to the next moment, on to the next mm-hmm. moment, like a movie. Everybody's operating in life like it's a movie. Like, oh, for the next scene, up mm-hmm. two seconds. You know, pe- people know these things. And that's why Instagram is set up the way it is. That's why Twitter yeah. is set up the way it is, where it's just an endless scroll and just endless dopamine yeah. rushes and endless, you know, different things. Like, that just cause us to be desensitized and not really feel yeah. a shift in ourselves when we do certain things and not really feel, you know, what's really going on yeah like, not experience this is an experience this is not a movie mm-hmm. this is an actual thing that yeah. we are doing now there's a way that you can argue that it's a movie like maybe if we die and we wake up and none of this is actually real because we don't really know but still yeah. while we're here we are experiencing um it's funny that you bring up the social media thing because i had to talk to my sixth graders i feel like i t- tell them things that conversations that their parents are probably mad about but you know, we Kobe. Need more teachers like that. The thing that happened with Kobe, and I'm just—I hate how normalized seeing people grieve is, mm-hmm. and not normalized because it should be normal for people to grieve. What is it? Um, desensitized. Desensitized, like how how desensitized we are to grief, right. especially so as brown someone people. Someone is experiencing a thing. And I think about, um, like, the day before Kobe died, actually, I thought my grandma died. I was going to her house to check on her, and she was answering the door. Mm-hmm. And, like, she eventually she got up. But I was out there for, like, 20 minutes beeping the horn, and her phone didn't work. Mm-hmm. And we were knocking on the back door, and we saw her leg, and she wouldn't move. And then mm-hmm. finally she, she got up. And then the next day the thing with Kobe happened, and I was just able to think, like, what if this was my grandma? This could have been And every time to, I know? get on social media, there's pictures of my grandma everywhere. And everyone's just talking about it. And it's okay for other people to grieve Kobe, too. But people don't know how to silently grieve. And, and I think... Yeah. Um, and it makes it seem like it's, it's a for lot a show. Of, it's definitely... A lot of it is for a show. It's I'm like not going to say all of it gonna, is. I'm not going to yeah, invalidate yeah. people's experience. Because I know a lot of people, that's just their only way of coping with things. Because we're so... 
conditioned to just go straight yeah. to social media, go to, straight to a yeah, person, or go to straight to mm-hmm. something instead of sitting with ourselves and sitting with that feeling and just dealing with it. A lot of people don't want to deal with grief and to deal with the emotions that come with that. And I think that's a lot of the reason why people are on social media about it. Mm-hmm. Because they, it's like a, a church. It's like a conglomeration. Like, <laughs> literally, oh, we're that's all grieving the is. same person. Let's and all so post. Everybody Let's has all... to retweet a picture of Kobe. Everybody has to say something about it. You can only be talking I about didn't that say or anything something. about I didn't, it. I made a either. point to not say anything about it. And I got it. off because like, I, as I like a sensitive the pictures person, and you know, I can't I, even, I cannot imagine logging on to social media and seeing pictures of my grandma, like the whole way down because she just passed. That would drive me insane. Mm-hmm. And now, that's not to take away the fact that the pictures were beautiful. And it, you know, like it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it but showed a positive side of him. That's just, I can't imagine his wife or his kids like seeing that, you know, and especially so soon. He literally, the, probably like five minutes after people found out that he was dead. That's the, that's the sacrifice that celebrities make because when you become a celebrity, when you become a idol, or when you become a. I guess as churches would call it a false idol mm-hmm. because I mean essentially it's like they're looking at this person as someone who is above them mm-hmm. or almost I guess a lot of people look at celebrities like gods and they don't mm-hmm. even know that that's what's going on because all of us have this god complex that we don't really because know about it's normal- yeah it's normalized and um I I was never a basketball person mm-hmm. so I wasn't just gonna get on Instagram and post about Kobe yeah. just because that's what was the right thing to do or what looked like the right thing to do but I would you know like the photos and read them and Mm -hmm. inform myself about it and you know just see what kind of person he was what kind of impact he had and things like that because even if you wasn't the basketball people we know the name Kobe Bryant like and have known the name for a long time and he died at 41 at the end of the day no matter who he was that's still young and that's still like it's still important because yeah. and also the daughter died too like that's still like important but I just can't <clears throat> imagine being them and seeing that and I know you mentioned it being celebrities but even people do that to normal people yeah. too like yeah. especially on Facebook Mm, girl, I stopped Facebook, on Facebook is the a ghetto. Long time ago. <laughs> Facebook is the worst oh of all goodness. social media. Out of all of the social media, it Facebook really is. Literally, <laughs> is the worst. It is. People, a guy died in my hometown, and the moment they found out he was dead, pictures everywhere of him, everywhere, and people think, posting and you know things and up? people just sharing screenshot and text messages, posting it, sharing like personal information. Um, information. Next thing you know, we found out five girls talked to him. You know, like all this information that would have not come out had he not passed. And that should not be the time to tell the world that you used to sleep with. What does that have to do with the fact that he just passed? It's an attention thing and it's not, the intentions are not pure with that. So for me, it's always like I made everything about intentions. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's anything wrong with grieving on the internet. But Nothing what is wrong. your intention behind posting this? Yeah. If you, Why if you, you post that and you don't get a like, will you, will you, still will you leave, leave it, there? it there? You know what I mean? And a lot of people, the, the, the answer is no. <laughs> they wouldn't leave it there. You know what I mean? They're going and, to delete it if they don't get a certain amount of likes at a certain time. And that's, that is so sad, especially when it has to do with somebody's life. Especially when it has to do with somebody's life. And that just goes life. back to, the, to the, desensi- the, the desensitizing that a lot of people not even just brown people people in general like this world is making it so that um 
we're so used to seeing we're things. so used to seeing things especially people brown die people and people especially brown people but everybody not even just brown people it's just it's really it's a tragedy white people already desensitized i'm just seeing it as i'm just gonna have gene. to yeah sadly and yeah it's definitely a it's a gene <laughs> it is sad but Look. I mean, when you look at I've been trying history, to give them the benefit of the doubt, especially since I know I have that in my family down the line, like a great sure. great grandfather, you know. And, and and it's like us having a gene of, you know, like black people have brown colored people, whatever. We have things that we do that aren't, you know, the best. And then you know, white people have their thing too. And even when you just look at history at the people who have done the most effed up things, they're always white. Yeah, but one thing we also have to acknowledge that a lot of brown people don't acknowledge is the fact that if we were sturdy in our foundation with one another, like as a society, mm-hmm. that would have never went down. That's true. But <laughs> you know I think we are, we're also so, especially historically, trust more trusting. We just don't expect people to do you like that. Yeah, you know, but, like like that. Yeah. Like even when like, they were selling we, them slaves and things, yeah, it's like we okay. Didn't do, yeah, we didn't. You know, we didn't have slaves for do. the same reasons. Yeah, yeah. We, no one first saw the future of it being like it mm-hmm. was because, you know, yeah, we have slaves too. Right. You know, so this is normal to us. And then they just go and just yeah, that takes <laughs> a whole other level. Yeah, flip the script <laughs> on like, this. Like, oh wait, <laughs> I thought this was just for an exchange. Like, what is I thought going we on? Was just doing this for y'all. a minute. Like, y'all were slaving people for hundreds of years. Like. You know that what I mean? That is crazy. It's, yeah, man. And like, I we enslaved people for causes. Like, not just y'all to enslave like, people. You know what I mean? Y'all taking it on a whole new level. I had to explain it to my students, too. Like, because at a certain age, you learn that um, people in Africa had slaves, too, and that they sold slaves mm-hmm. um, to white people. I don't know if at some like, when they were younger, they just thought that white people came and kidnapped them only and then they get to the age where they learn, you know, like, yeah, the trade. And then they come in and they're like, well, Africans had slaves too. Or Africans the ones that... And I was like, yes, that's true. But it was a whole different thing. That's like us owning dogs. Okay, we own dogs, blah, blah, blah. And someone comes to you and, you know, you sell them one of your dogs. And then you go over there and they they have the dogs fighting. And, like, they're breeding them and keeping them in cages. You didn't know that that was going to happen. You right. thought they were going to be normal like you and right. have dogs. Yeah. But you you go to your neighbor's house and they're actually doing terrible things to the animal. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like that. I don't know. Yeah, it definitely put it into perspective. But I, I know for me as a kid, I definitely thought that slavery was just a thing that white people partook in. I just thought they were devils mm-hmm. and that, you know, black people would never do that no shit like that. I thought they was coming from the trees and kidnapping Yeah, them. man, I thought they was on some Red Robin Hood shit or something, but with slaves, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't really think, um, I definitely didn't think that we were the ones doing mm-hmm. the enslaving or doing the selling. And once I found that out, it really opened my eyes. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we really are human. It's, it's, it's important just, to know that. Yeah, you don't want to be biased in your thinking mm-hmm. as far as slavery. And, um, or enslavement, as you mm-hmm. should say. Or with your people in general, because sometimes people become so, quote-unquote, pro-black that they act like we don't have our issues, too. Yeah. And we totally do. It's okay yeah, to be duality. It's just important in general. Yeah, I'm, I love black people, and I also hold black people accountable. Exactly, most certainly. And that's what you have to do. That's real love. 
I think holding, yeah, holding your people that's accountable, the only that's, the, that's the only love I'll accept. Like, if you don't hold me accountable as a friend, mm-hmm. as a partner, as a manager, whatever mm-hmm. relationship we're going to have. If you're constantly a yes man, then you're not being honest with me. And yeah, that's not love. That's not love at that's all. That's not love. You know what I mean? And I had to learn that because I definitely used to be the kind of person yeah. that was like a ride or die for black people. Like, I don't care what we do. Yeah. I'm with us and now I'm learning like that's really detrimental mm-hmm. it's just enabling certain behaviors it's kind of the problem in yeah, certain ways a lot of the problem and um it's it's something you really want to look at like a lot of us we really need to reflect and ask ourselves why are we accepting this and why do we do the things that we do and if you if you sit with yourself long enough and you ask yourself enough questions you'll figure out that a lot of it is just trauma mm-hmm. and just things and that learned behaviors. Deal with. Yeah. yeah learned behavior yeah that you didn't even choose to learn. Yeah. I hate to use the word learn because it seems, I kind of see learning as a choice, more like forced behavior in some yeah. type of way. Like a lot of things we do, we didn't intentionally learn. Yeah. We saw it as a kid and just was like, thought it was normal because and did it. mimicry is a part of learning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a part of learning. So if you are, if you're only, you know, idol or not even idol, but um, role model, mm-hmm. if your only model of a human being is someone who's dealing with trauma, mm-hmm. who is still, you know, going through it mm-hmm. and, you know, working through it the best way they can, then guess what? You're going to, you're going to, that trauma is going to translate into you walking on eggshells, you, mm-hmm. you know, harboring your feelings, you know, not wanting to be too much it's to deal be with normal yeah. yeah you're gonna normalize um suppressing your feelings mm-hmm. and projecting your feelings because you never had that kind of relationship with yourself mm-hmm. where you're like okay i'm going through this i'm feeling this let me sit with myself for a minute let me let me write this out let mm-hmm. me take a deep breath you know i never learned to take a deep breath mm-hmm. as a kid i did not learn that that was something i had to learn in a yoga class yeah which is no so one ever told it's me it's so important it's, and it's so, so important simple. it's the simple it's, it's <laughs> really a secret literally like i so many things i've been through that just were diminished by me just taking a deep breath mm-hmm. and so many people don't know the importance of that and it's just i'm just glad that i was brought into contact with the people that i was brought into contact with and then introduced to the information that I was mm-hmm. introduced to at the time that I was because it's just so important mm-hmm. and um, I'm grateful but at the same time I definitely want more brown people to get back into it yeah and, and all that all that we can do is be an example so that they can see it's amazing how many people just see the things you do and these these are some of the ways that social media are beneficial mm-hmm. like when they just see you just do your normal day-to-day things and now they're curious and now right. they want to know more and even yeah. if they still um i have a lot of friends who are christian and now they practice yoga too mm-hmm. just simply out, and that's fine like yeah. that is totally fine jesus practiced yoga that's why i right. tell my mom, mom you're calling me a devil worshiper and jesus meditated and jesus drank tea and jesus did yoga yeah so is so jesus a devil worshiper. <laughs> you know what i mean but it's and because then, a lot of us don't even know about the know. person that we're worshiping they you just know, know the verses they just know the verses that they go to every day in church and they don't know anything anything else about it. And I just always felt like that was so dangerous. To it just is. go somewhere and then let them read something to you. And then you just believe it. Mm-hmm. Without ever questioning just, it. Without it. ever doing your own research. Without ever, you know, sitting with your spirit. You just so go many with people, it. Yeah, so many people just go with things. Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Not even just religion. Just 
everything everything we just go with i think about the food situation i know for a fact that my body hates me i i literally know it i've known it all my life but it's so normalized to eat meat in my household that unless i'm living by myself when I, whenever I live by myself, I don't eat meat. I just it's just a natural thing for me. But when I live with family, it's so normal that I wake up in the morning, I smell bacon. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning. Well, luckily now a lot of my family do turkey bacon. But I wake up in the morning, I smell eggs. I wake up in the morning, I smell these things, and it's just I get home and there's chicken cooked. You know, like it's so normal and it's just. It's, it's, it's hard. I know it, it, it is. really is. And I don't. But with that I know a lot. that I don't. My body hates me. Like but the moment I eat meat, I slow down. I feel it as I'm chewing it. Like once the joy of the way it tastes go away and then I feel it going into my body, I regret it every time my body That's hates how I am with me. My yeah. stomach just doesn't work the same. My skin, my mood, everything. everything. Like the, my mood right after I eat. Especially because most of my meals have meat in it. It's I don't I don't want to talk. I want to go to the room and I want to lay down. And we're so used. That's so normal. People think you're that's supposed to get what are they called the itis. That's not normal. Your food, food is, is supposed, supposed to, to be energized. Yeah, you. the fact that we get the fact that everybody in my house after we eat Sunday dinner go to the room and go to bed is really. After I ate my Sunday dinner, my grandma. And the, this is something that I want to tell everybody because a lot of people are scared that if they go plant based, that their friend they're not going to be at their family functions mm-hmm. or their family's not going to accommodate for them or different things like that and my grandma's now making vegan versions of everything she was making because she wants she wanted so badly for me to mm-hmm. be able to participate in those things and not only that even if my grandma wasn't making me greens and black eyed peas guess what i would have did i would have went over there and i would ask grandma what's your recipe for the black eyed peas and guess what i'm gonna do everything on it that got meat in it i'm gonna go down the line and i'm gonna substitute everything and i'm gonna learn to make it myself because that's the price that i'm choosing to pay for you know being a healthy person yeah and you have to make those strides because you never know who's watching you. Yeah. And your grandma might just look at you and you say, you know what? I'm going to try that. You know what? I'm, I'm going to help you out. I'm going I'm to try it vegan this year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or things like that. Like now I can participate in things like that in Thanksgiving because my grandma makes me a separate dish, you know, for everything. She made me greens. She made me black eyed peas. She made me hams. I made a vegan dressing. And it was really great to be able to still eat with my family Mm -hmm. while they were all, you know, eating. And it was also a good experimentation to be able to see the difference Mm -hmm. of, you know, how I was after I ate versus how everybody else was. Mm -hmm. I'm all energized. I'm all good. I'm walking around. Everybody's sitting down, watching movies. You know, nobody wants to get up and do anything. Yeah. Lay down. Yeah. Yeah. Some people taking a nap. You know what I mean? And it was just really interesting to see that. And at the same time, I know how it is waking up in the morning and smelling bacon shit. I know sometimes even now, I don't even eat bacon anymore. My grandma makes some bacon and some eggs and some grits and something. And I'll be smelling it. And I'm like, you know what? I can still appreciate it. But I know that I'm doing a good thing for myself mm-hmm. by choosing to do something different, you know? And as hard as that may be, you just got to take a little strides. Instead of just depriving yourself of breakfast, just, just don't do the bacon. Eat your eggs. Eat your grits. Eat the biscuit just don't do the bacon and don't be hard on yourself if you do i don't you know even when um because i was i was vegetarian for a year and then i moved home it was all in atlanta when i was vegetarian and then i moved home and probably like the next week back eating meat because it's just 
it's in my house and I'm hungry and all that's in my house is me and um I had a really hard time because I was eating meat I stopped doing everything guilt spiritual because I felt like I couldn't be spiritual and eat meat which is not true. Which is not true <laughs> at all. Yeah. Which I get, I know that now, but at the time, because everything just seems so black or white, you know, you do this or you do this, you do this or you do that, I, I stopped doing everything because I felt like, okay, well, if I eat meat, then I must not be spiritual. So, no, don't meditate. Don't do yoga. Don't. Yeah, that's counterproductive, you know, because the meditation is going to make you more mindful mm-hmm. and then you might stop eating meat again because you're so mindful mm-hmm. of your energy and you're like oh this doesn't feel good this doesn't feel energizing let me stop eating this let me go get me some kale mm-hmm. or some vegetables or something you know what i mean because if had you still been on your practice you probably would have not been eating meat as mm-hmm. long as you were because you would have realized okay this doesn't feel how how i should you know mm-hmm. and, and even now i know it don't feel i just don't put in the effort like i should i don't put an effort with eating in general now, especially now that I work, you make me sound like I'm hard so... on myself. Cause <laughs> I eat a I eat a pancake, which I eat gluten free pancakes sometimes from IHOP because mm-hmm. I serve there, and uh, I eat my little gluten free pancakes, and I'd be like, "How would you do that to yourself?" And it's literally you are just too hard on <laughs> it's literally just eggs and butter, and I don't eat it every day. I only eat it when I work there on the weekend. But we are so, hard on ourselves yeah, sometimes, very, like. And, we don't know how to extend grace just in general to ourselves. So I one thing I am pretty adamant on not eating is pork. Like even when I start back eating food, I just the pork couldn't. But if I do happen to eat pork, like if I'm out with um family or if I'm out with um if I'm if one morning I wake up and that bacon just smell too good, I'm gonna eat that pork and I'm gonna go on about my business and I'm just forgive myself but yeah, not that's all you can do but not take but don't not take responsibility yeah, forgive yourself but then don't be like okay well then i'm gonna eat bacon the rest of this week yeah for me it's like i think it's all about balance so if yeah. you eat bacon then go get you some herbs go get you some mm-hmm. detox stuff. Eat some go fruit. get you some lime juice go get eat you some, some vegetables you know, yeah even now when i have i make sure that when i'm eating meat i also eat everything else too mm-hmm. like fruit vegetables water just yeah. in general just stuff like that like don't just wow loud mm-hmm. you know like it's just there's a balance to things and yeah most certainly I don't I think know, that's but i know that food is an issue with me and then i know that the universe has always intended for me specifically to not eat meat it's always been that way. Like, I know that I was brought to this earth to not eat meat. Same. I know that. I've yeah. always known that. Now, some people may be, you know, everybody's body is different, whatever. Some people may be able to handle it. I know people who can handle meat, but my I body can. has my literally body never been it. able to Like, I break out so bad. I force myself to eat it, basically, at this mm-hmm. point. My body hates me. Yeah. Hates it. And that's what you should just answer the call as hard as it may be. You got to start. When you go to your family house, you know you're going over there. Take a trip to the grocery store before you go. That is get be you hard. some meat substitutes. <laughs> get you some tofurkey bacon. And some, you know, some some Beyond Meat burger if you got to. Mm-hmm. As, as unhealthy as those things may be, it's better than, <laughs> you know, depriving yourself totally yeah. of that. And just try to find your own way. Not to say just give all that up because you don't have to just do that you don't have to do that any stride is a good stride mm-hmm. you know so any do your best good, yeah. you know 
and with what you got at the time. But don't go, you, you know yourself. So since you know yourself, you got to take certain um, actions, mm-hmm. like preventative measures, mm-hmm. so that you don't put yourself in a position where you're, like, depriving yourself and you're desperate mm-hmm. for food type thing. And you're like, oh, I don't have anything to eat here. I didn't go to the grocery store. Now I got to eat what they have. Yeah. Because I've been yeah. through that, too. Like, I just ate cheese pieces the other day for that same reason. And I don't eat cheese. I don't eat cheese on my own time. My mom, When my mom's not here, I don't eat pizza at all. I wouldn't order a pizza unless mm-hmm. it's from Mellow Mushroom. And I always get the vegan and gluten-free pizza from there. But um, my mom was here, and I was hungry. And I didn't. And that the thing was, and, I did have groceries, but I didn't yeah. meal prep. I didn't yeah, put you know, prepare myself. You know you what I mean? Yeah, true. and I was just getting off work, and I was hungry, and I went to sleep and woke up from a nap and didn't feel like cooking any food. And that's so you important gotta in prepare for stuff any like situation, that. and not just food, to make sure that you are prepared. Like I can yeah. think of so many situations where, um, okay, let's say for instance, if you're abstaining from sex, mm-hmm. and you know that you need to do that for whatever your personal reason mm-hmm. is. But then you go to someone's house who's you, who you're attracted to and it's late at night, blah, blah, blah. You're putting yourself into a situation yeah. to now you're not strong enough yeah, to put away instead of making the precautions and yeah. saying, okay, we're not going to meet at your house. We're going to meet at this, this yeah, specific place. this public place. It yeah. works in everything. Like you should be careful and prepare. Yeah, That's important. Most certainly. It's very important with everything, not even just food. Mm-hmm. And, um, Every a single lot of my thing habits kind of translate into like multiple things that's how I am too um, like I know that what I'm doing with my diet is going to translate into me, me being more disciplined period mm-hmm. not even just more disciplined with my food but more disciplined with my art more disciplined yeah. with my business more disciplined with my time management and everything like that it's not just about the food it's not just about everything the yoga practice it's not just about the spirituality of things it's about your intention yeah. and your your end goal you know mm-hmm. and i keep that in mind i know that i have a lot that i want to do on this earthy plane and in order for me to do that i have to be in good health mm-hmm. and i know that in order for me to be in good health i have to be wealthy mm-hmm. i have to make a lot of money mm-hmm. i have to you know how do you feel i think that's an important point too um i just i think i recently saw someone um i follow i follow a lot of spiritual people mm-hmm. and um you know, even within the spiritual community, there are so many different viewpoints on things. Yeah. And I saw someone recently say how um, basically something like wanting money is an issue. Like wanting money is a spiritual downfall. And that's just not something that I agree with. Even with like with a lot of things, um, I think about not wear your natural hair. You know, like some people feel like somebody would see me right now today and think and not think that I'm a spiritual person just because Because of the way I'm looking right now. Because I got to weave in and lashes on when literally tomorrow I could have my afro, my natural face, Mm -hmm. a skirt, you know, like and the fact that people get caught up in things like that is so interesting to me. And how do you feel about money and spirituality? Like, I feel like it's connected, and my reason for that is... In what way is um, it connected? In a positive way, or...? I think it all depends <laughs> on your perspective. Mm-hmm. And for me, I know that money is going to bring me into spaces where I can have a bigger impact on this world. Mm-hmm. And 
and that's the only reason I ever even changed my attitude with money. Mm-hmm. Because there was a time when I did believe that money was the root of all evil, but it's not money that is the root of all evil. It's the love of money mm-hmm. that is the root of all evil. You don't want to love money like it's a person, like it's an entity, like it's mm-hmm. a god or something like that. Like you worship it, like you would do anything for it. That's not the kind of attitude I have with the money, but the kind of attitude that I am cultivating with it is this is a tool mm-hmm. and I can use this to my advantage and I can use this to bring up my communities. I can use this to create generational wealth for my children and my children to come. Yeah. My kids won't have and to worry important. about yeah. where their next meal is coming from. My kids can wake up and know that they're going to eat and know that they're taken care of. And you they can wake I mean? up and do yoga. They can wake yeah. up and meditate because it's the that fact that you have to spend. Yeah, it's the fact that yeah. you have to spend so much time making money that makes sometimes spirituality hard yeah so it's really a spectrum and for me personally it's like I want to make so much money where I have so much money that I don't have to work Mm -hmm. you know what I mean I don't have to go to a 9 to 5 I don't have to trade in my time Mm -hmm. for money I don't have to do that because I'm making so much passive income I'm making so much money where it's like I can really do all the things that I want to do and I can really make the changes that I want to make so many people talk about change so many people talk about oh we need to come together as a community we need to you know do this and do that as far as you know building is concerned mm-hmm. but nobody talks about the fact that we live in a world right now where if you do not have where money, money is important money is important That's and, just what and as is. much as it shouldn't that. be that which is what I had to come to too because at one point I did feel like I did take the idea that money was the root of all mm-hmm. evil too um and material things in general mm-hmm. like I would deprive myself of material things in order to prove a point to the world and I feel like that part of my experience was important I needed mm-hmm. to do that to show myself that I can live without certain things because mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. I can live without a car I can live without a Same. nice home because I've done yes. it and I'm glad that I did it because I know that if everything shut down today if the internet went off I would be fine because I've done it I've mm-hmm. taught myself how to do it but I also had to look at the fact that whatever world I was creating in my mind does not actually exist right now Mm -hmm. we live in a reality where those things are important and where it's okay for me to take where it's okay for me to want money to want a nice car and I don't have to feel bad about driving a nice car if anything it's my birthright to have a nice car it's my birthright to have a nice home it's my birthright my birthright to have the wigs that I want (laughs) the jewelry that I want and the the idea that it's not is is a problem you know unless yeah. that truly is what you desire and you know what another thing that i'm learning to change my perspective about is that money is a problem because or having to make money is a problem and the reason why i've changed my perspective on that is because it's almost like saying that money shouldn't exist mm-hmm. but it's just energy just like everything else would you allow somebody to just come and talk to you and you're not responding at all yeah that's that's the energy exchange. Yeah. And even would if it you, was the money, it would be something else. Because before money, people were trading things. And your yeah, thing that you were like trading Kyrie had to be worthy like, yeah, of what you were getting It's in all return, about the exchange so. of it. I don't think it's money that's the problem. The problem is um, people, the systems that are yeah. built around it. Or the intention behind you getting the money. Like, are you getting money to oppress other people? Well, are you getting money yeah. to harm people or to keep people down or to seem like just, you're better than right other yeah what is your are you getting these things are you getting the gold and the jewelry and the clothes to 
make other people feel down. You know, like it yeah. is about it is about the intention. It's yeah. not the the money. It's not the money that's the problem because all it is is energy, just like everything else, and that mm-hmm. can't be created or destroyed. Mm-hmm. So whether you're rich or poor, so it's we can not, burn all the money today, and it's still yeah. gonna be something else. It's still gonna be something else. <laughs> we gonna find something. If, if we gonna if we gonna cut down a tree and cut up wood, and this yeah. is our currency. If mm-hmm. we're gonna switch clothes or barter mm-hmm. or whatever, all of that is currency. And for us to just totally roll out that idea of. Now, one thing I will say is we can be more open-minded as far as what we're willing to exchange. I feel like, especially as brown people, we should definitely be more open-minded to bartering, to, like, trading. Like, okay, I have this skill, you have this skill, let's trade. Because yeah. that's that's currency, too. Energy mm-hmm. is currency. What you put your energy into is currency. So, I've done a lot of bartering and really opened my eyes because mm-hmm. I've never done anything like that. Like, I had always paid someone for a service instead of saying, like, oh, I have this that I do and you do that. Yeah, I can and do. I can benefit uh-huh. you by doing this while you benefit me by that's doing true. that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's also important sometimes to do things without the... The expectation of a yeah just for the sake of doing it you yeah know? yeah mm-hmm. and Perfectly. i don't think enough people do that either yeah, like the practice deeds. of yeah good yeah. things just doing things just because somebody needs mm-hmm. it i don't people i don't think people do enough of that yeah, yeah. is it yeah you heard it, I heard it. but i hear that bird though it must be like yes I love people do not pay attention to the smallest things that happen. Like there's always something I get to be distracted amazed by, by the smallest things that I happen. I <laughs> to school. It was like five o'clock in well six because I usually get to work around six, and there were two bluebirds sitting well, on top of. Day. And I was like, wow, the universe loves me. God Literally, when really I see red me. birds and bluebirds and stuff like that, I'm like, I never see those birds. I know that's not a coincidence. Everything. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a hummingbird fly behind someone that I was um, with at the time. A hummingbird. I had a dragonfly land on my head wrap. I had a butterfly land on my leg before. So I know it's not a coincidence when certain things in nature are attracted to you and even if it the only thing that makes something a coincidence is believing that it's a coincidence the only thing that makes something intentional is believe everything comes from the power of what we believe Mm -hmm. i choose to make everything that happens to me as if it was personally picked out for me like i'm perfect (laughs) oh my god god really put these bluebirds literally right right here in front of me yes you know what i mean like i love being extra about it and people feel like it's crazy but yeah yeah. It makes life more enjoyable it when you does. look at everything that it way. It definitely does. Like, yeah. wow, God really made this weather perfect enough for me to have on a jacket and not be freezing. Like, I just Literally. make it like it's for me. Yes, certainly. <laughs> and I used to, um, one thing I would practice is, um, with my manifestation, is like waking up and not being outside. And I know what it's going to look like. And I'll say, oh, the weather's going to look like this today. And then I would go outside and the weather would look like that. And I'm like, I know that's not a coincidence mm-hmm. that I woke up with the attitude of, oh, it's going to be sunny when I woke up and it was cloudy and it got sunny. You know what I mean? So a lot of people don't know the power of their belief mm-hmm. or the connection that they really have to God. And if you really knew how powerful you were, you would be really careful of your thoughts and really careful of the things that you think are just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in coincidence at all. Even car accidents, even bad things that happen yeah. to me. I'm like, you know what? What, what vibration was I in when that mm-hmm. happened? Mm-hmm. Or that's important. what did I do last week? Or what what was you know? And I recollect. Or what is this trying out, to teach me? Yeah, what am I to in learn general, from this? You yeah. know? And I don't I don't think any of that is. And it's important to see the world like that. People who yeah. choose not to. I can't imagine living life and not taking everything so per. Let me 
me change the way I say that because I don't even say everything personally, but not paying attention to everything. Yeah, it and just seeing your connection more, to it. Really. Yeah, it know? just it just makes more it makes life more enjoyable and it helps you learn and grow more. And when mm-hmm. you just look at things that way, versus just yeah. And then not only that, you really nurture your intricate connection with the source that created mm-hmm. all things mm-hmm. when you choose to see everything as intentional mm-hmm. and then your ability to manifest becomes stronger yeah including you and i think so many people are um suicidal because they don't they yeah. don't nurture that connection yeah and they don't realize that you are god mm-hmm. like it's not like the, the god is not separate from you mm-hmm. even if you kill yourself right now you're still going to be what you are you're still going to be who you are mm-hmm. you know and I think it's just so important for people to realize that and not just to say like oh I'm connected to God or you know and not really believe it not really live that way yeah Yeah, live live it it, don't just say it live it like create you know and that's what God is creation the ability to create and things are constantly changing change in creation and change is creation it's all the same thing and that's that to me is the most constant thing Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that we know for sure yeah. is that things are going to change. Yep. That's just the that's way. That's what death is. is, a transition. Yep. It's a change. Yep. You know? Things are and going to change. That's one of the only things as human beings that we're guaranteed mm-hmm. is that change of form. Mm-hmm. So that in itself should let you know that, you know, that there are other things out there that, you know, govern this creation. And mm-hmm. how do you, so do you have a belief about, um, Because, you know, like I was saying, there's different types of spiritual people. There are Mm -hmm. spiritual people who believe in angels and spiritual people who don't. Um, Spiritual people who believe in, like, an actual, I don't know, God or afterlife. Even that, afterlife and spiritual people who don't. Mm -hmm. Spiritual people who believe in an actual, like, God figure and spiritual people who don't. What is your standpoint on those type of things? Well, I I think um, angels and fairies god as a physical being all of that is just a reflection of the fact that uh, human beings we have to conceptualize things yeah but for we me, have to we have to to understand them and that's yeah. just a part of learning and understanding is important to yeah, us yeah most certainly and um i personally i believe that there is an afterlife and i think that afterlife is just going back to the connection with creation okay. and when i say that i mean I used to think of heaven as a place where we would all conglomerate and we would look how we look now, mm-hmm. but it would be more like hazy, I guess, or more mm-hmm. dreamy. And like, mm-hmm. you know, we would all meet all our family members that, you know, passed away and things like that. But now that I'm really growing more in my awareness, I think that since energy can't be created nor destroyed, mm-hmm. we become the essence of who we are mm-hmm. instead of it being a physical thing, like mm-hmm. a body. I think we just enter the body of God. And when I say that, I mean, enter back into creation the same way our bodies if we were to die right here right now fungi and different things like that would start breaking down our bodies and we would become food for this earth mm-hmm. so just like we would become food for this earth i think that we would become food for god mm-hmm. and um that could translate into you being reincarnated mm-hmm. or you become a planet or you become a star or whatever Anything. we're made out of star stuff literally it's scientifically proven that we're made out of you know the same different elements that are in stars and the same mm-hmm. elements that are in trees and the That's same elements that are in animals you know mm-hmm. we even have a reptilian brain we have a mammalian brain and then we have our logical brain which is mm-hmm. you know what makes us human and what makes us or what gives us the ability to be logical and to communicate our thoughts in such a way that people can understand what we mean you know we, we basically paint a mental picture 
with our thoughts and our words and things like that. So all that being said, I think that um, we just go back to creation, whatever that is, wherever that is. You know, we might might be a tree or might be a bird or anything. Mm-hmm. I think it's just um, a trans or a trans, not a, not a transmutation, but a um, a transformation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's what I believe. I I don't I don't know if I believe in an afterlife per se. Because um, I think of an afterlife as another life. Yeah, like, like starting somewhere else. Yeah. Literally. Because I think something. it would continue. And I, the reason I believe that so wholeheartedly is that there are some things that I always knew. Mm-hmm. And that I just, you know, moved in accordance with. Mm-hmm. Even before I knew why. Mm-hmm. So because of that fact, I think that we've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's astral projecting for a long time before we entered into another life or living human lives and then you know going back to God and then living another human life going back to God I think it's all just um, transformation over and over again and it never ends that's what I believe I like the thought of um when I think of that I just think of like my ancestors and the Mm -hmm. ones who come before us yeah I think the reason why why kids and why we come into this earth onto this earth seeming to already know so many things is because at the end of the day we are everybody who came before us yeah like i am my mother i literally came from her and she's her mother and she was her mother and back so i have pieces of them i am them i'm just a newer you know like i'm the next women are so amazing we're born with all the eggs we're ever gonna have so do you know that that means when i was in when you when your grandmother was in her grandmother's womb all of her babies had all of the eggs that they're ever gonna have so if you think about it on even on just a biological mm-hmm. level, we've always been connected in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, like women are just it's such a beautiful thing. And I think that's why our intuitions are the way that they are. Yeah. Because we've we been here longer been than here. we've been here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we've like been here. in embryonic form, but uh-huh. still nonetheless. Still, like it's, we've yeah. been here, like I've been here since my mother has been here. Mm-hmm. Because my mother was born with all the eggs she's ever gonna have. Mm-hmm. Those were created when she was in the womb. Mm-hmm. So all of that translates into us being here, you know what I mean, for a very mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that may be the one thing that I, I don't push things anymore, but the one thing that I definitely, if nothing else, I try to encourage people to do is just connect with ancestors. Yeah. Because I feel like if nothing else, if nothing else, we know that our ancestors existed. Yeah. If we can't literally just sit down and prove that God existed, that God exists or that, you know, there's anything else. What we do know is that our ancestors were here. Obviously, because if they weren't here, we wouldn't be here. Like, if no if no one carried you and had you and the person before them, then none of us would be here. And I feel like if you're not going to do anything else, you could acknowledge that. And if you can't thank God, you could thank your, your ancestors. ancestors. Yeah. If nothing else, because literally, especially as black people in America, we have so much to be grateful for. Yeah. Just the fact that they survived. Yeah. The fact that they chose to wake up every day and deal with, deal with the yeah. shit and not commit suicide and not give up and not, whether it was intentional or not, they still live every day yeah, and eventually got scary. it down here. Like, some days I remember graduating, well, I remember graduating <laughs> just happened when I graduated college um I ended up driving back home by myself and I took like a back road in the south and passed by like um cotton fields and normal Georgia things and I was just overwhelmed with tears the fact that I was able to graduate college 
And in some way, that means that all of the ones before me who were slaves and couldn't, weren't allowed to read, weren't allowed to do all those things, got to experience that with me. Yeah. You know, and it's because of them. It's because of them living another day. And I know people try to, it's important to know that we were something before slavery too. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the slavery in America is not a sign of black weakness weakness. i don't believe that if anything it is a sign of strength not everybody would be able to survive that the native americans were barely like a lot of them were jumping shit a lot of them not everybody was able to survive that yeah not to mention that a lot of people don't know but black people there were indigenous brown people of this land that were here you know or Native Americans. Brown Native, Native Americans, Americans are brown. Yeah. <laughs> when you yeah. think about it, they I mean, are. like, I mean, nappy hair, like, like ap- Africans yeah, that you. were here, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, man, it was a lot that happened. There were, there were even people that weren't enslaved. Oh, that, yeah. You, mm-hmm. That were here and doing things. But I've, they don't want, they don't talk about that much because it's very rare. They don't. Um, but, but even if they weren't enslaved, they were still dealing Black. with it because yeah. at the end of the day you know like yeah had to be in hiding what, had to do certain things I, I either read it or something where even being free like free not enslaved was still hard because there were people who would try to tell you that you weren't you yeah, know like right. there was a constant battle of because of your skin color people would assume that you weren't free free so yeah. at the end of the day still a form of slavery there was still something going on so but yeah i just i always try to encourage people if nothing else be thankful for your ancestors because we are here because of them yeah it's a beautiful thing and i'm grateful for sure and i started really getting into um um, the yoruba religious traditions Mm -hmm. and just um thanking my ancestors and getting back to our prayers Mm -hmm. and our roots and things like that although i'm really unsure of which I'm going to eventually figure that out and um, get my DNA done. But I'm unsure of exactly the origin of my family. I just know I have, like, Native American on both sides and white on, on my dad's side. I wish they would just give us that, like, let us do that for free. It should. That should be the case because it's like, y'all the ones who took us You're away the pro- from Yeah. <laughs> You're the reason why our, I don't you know. know. Yeah. And it's very important, too. But, like, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna let that stop me. Yeah, I'm it is. I'm going to figure it out regardless. We're yeah. not even... Um, when I went to synagogue, just there's just so much. I try to appreciate um, my culture as a African American too, because I feel like people shit on on African Americans. Yeah. You know, like they try to act like our culture is not a culture, and that's that's not true. Like we have things that we have created that we had the my my ancestors didn't get off a of slave ship and become dummies and just you know forget all yeah, the things they knew. Yeah. They passed that knowledge on, even if they. Which is why a lot of things in the religions resemble that because mm-hmm. we didn't just lay down and take yeah, it. Like, like where you think praise dancing th- came from? Where you think speaking, uh, in, speaking tongues. in tongues? I still speak in or tongues. Or catching the Holy Ghost. Day. That's something that happens mm-hmm. when you're getting initiated. Yeah, in, yeah. Into Europe. In, in like, voodoo and all of those. And voodoo. Yeah, and even yeah. the existence of hoodoo is literally proof that our ancestors just did not come over here and be dummies and like just yeah like i think we just like oh, never mind all that let's be <laughs> right. christians like, i even think about no, never i remember writing a um a research paper on our names on the fact that whenever you look at an african 
person's name is all is usually long. And then when you look at African American, we be having long, long extra names, names too. That is not a coincidence. You're not finna convince me that Shaniqua is just a ghetto name. No. I'm not falling for it. I feel like that's a part of us that we kept. Yeah, you know, there, like you those can't names. take everything away. It's impossible. It's we not. have such a rich culture. It's embedded in our bones. There's no possible way that you can just strip all of that from us no matter how hard mm-hmm. you beat us no matter how many times and, oh, we just gonna find can... a new way to do it always That's it. always <laughs> just the new way and guess what nowadays white people white people pushing our culture for us shit they want to be a part of it <laughs> they want they want the braids now they want the cornrows they want the afros the popularity you know I mean? of rap music still behooves me to this mm-hmm. day like when i was in middle school the only people who knew rap songs were black people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. Maybe Mexicans, too. I'll be hearing white people listen they to know, music. More and they music know it. Like, not just the popular. I remember, like, when I was in middle school, everybody knew, like, a Nelly song. Or mm-hmm. it's getting hot in here. White people knew that song. But now these kids know, know that these music. Songs. <laughs> yeah, these <laughs> like, not, songs. not just the mainstream. They know these songs for real. Yeah. And a part of and I have to check myself because it's all ego. A part of me get pissed. Mm-hmm. This is not for you. Stop singing. But another yeah. part of me is like, you honestly, know, I'm learning it's to just be a happy new generation. Yeah, it's a new, I'm and learning it's to good. appreciate it because more people need to see that we are creative people. Mm-hmm. We are amazing, and that we create. And that there's we value. shift the world, right, with the things that we create. And I'm I'm starting to see white people as more of a tool. Yeah, not an ally just yet. Not yet. Only I'm not gonna I'm not gonna all the way you know block out that possibility because. I've definitely met some Caucasian people that really want to help and yeah. really want to see brown people do better and that are talking that about our issues. Yeah. yeah, that really care. So I'm not going to just all the way, you know, yeah. throw them out of the ballpark. But um, I think it's about the intention and are yeah. our people being compensated for the things that you're choosing to you yeah. know, portray about us? Mm-hmm. Like, are we being compensated for that? Are you putting black people in your videos? Like, one person I could say who really does this is Ariana Grande. Like, although she is, you know, singing R&B music mm-hmm. and, you know, singing urban music, I see that she really cares about black mm-hmm. issues and that she has black women in her mm-hmm. videos. And black women help her write her songs and she yeah, paid them. she you pays know? black women. You know, she's um, putting money in black women's pockets. And, and it doesn't that. help that she can actually sing, too. Yeah. Because at least yeah. you actually have the talent, you yeah. know? Because I hate when people take the culture and don't even have the talent to hold they and Ariana can yeah, she, she got can hold on yeah, she, she got it I feel like she can be right over there yeah. with Mariah singing it'll mm-hmm. you know it'll work yeah. out and I'm, yeah it is important I still it's definitely a spectrum there's value I like the fact that people are finding value in rap music cause yeah. at one point you can even mention rap without people calling it like ghetto music or like trash music or something mm-hmm. and the fact that it's now a valuable thing is yeah. very like even like very country white people listen to trap <laughs> like they know music. they know some yeah, yeah. and, and the I fact think that rappers are now making good money not just local money but like globally being able to tour at one point that wasn't that wasn't the case you weren't going nowhere but the south into the hood like for your tours but now you can go places Mm -hmm. and that's just that's amazing but i do i do have to check myself because sometimes the ego be like no fuck y'all because yeah of course y'all didn't like us at first so don't fuck it now naturally that's that's the thing (laughs) don't be laying your baby hairs now don't Mm -hmm. be doing but i have to ease up because at the end of the day i mean 
it's all it's all just gonna translate into more wealth for us. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. So being being that that's the case, I'm just like waiting on it because I know that it's inevitable, mm-hmm. and that brown people, we're our time is now, mm-hmm. and that we're about to make all the money that you know we never got to make. Yeah. All those years, and we get to be ourselves now, and not just yeah. have to look a certain way to succeed um i think about the fact that i'm able to have a job when my parents were swore me up and down that i wasn't gonna get no job with my tattoos on my mm-hmm. face and stuff and and that i would have to change the way i look like i would have mm-hmm. to stop wearing hoops i would have to stop dressing a certain way i would have to look a certain way in order to get a job and the fact that now that we're so popular I can just look like me and get a yeah. job. I, I really do appreciate that. I, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's definitely a luxury. I got my job with my tattoos showing and my hoops in. Uh-huh. And, well, I was also interning there, though. So by the time they interviewed me, they already knew that I can do it. But still, and no one has come to me and said, Ms. Barron, I need you to cover up this. Or, Ms. Barron, I need you to dress more. Um, what's the word that they would use? Teachery. <laughs> I knows, guess uh, more uh, business casual. Yeah, more <laughs> business casual. Yeah. I I wear my I just wear and I and I appreciate that and I and the students appreciate that too. Mm. Being able to see that a teacher doesn't always have to look like this. You can be successful and you don't have to look like something. Like you don't have to change the way you look. At one point that was the truth. At one yeah. point, in order to even get a foot in the door, you had to straighten scared. your hair. I was scared <laughs> for my finger tattoos because I was um, in school for psychology before mm-hmm. I stopped going. I was there a year and a half, and I had, like, all these tattoos on my arms, and I got one behind my ear, and I got mm-hmm. some on my fingers. And all, every single thing, every single time I got a tattoo, I thought about, like, oh, shit, am I going to be able to mm-hmm. get a job? Am I going to be able to be a therapist with with these tattoos are they gonna are they not gonna give me an office space because i don't yeah. look professional enough are they gonna say something about all my piercings or my mm-hmm. ears being stretched or whatever you know and now it's like, i don't care about any of that because i know what i bring to the table yeah and if you want to judge me based on my appearance that's not anywhere i want to be and anyway. i don't need to sit at your table i can build my own table exactly. so it's really you know what whatever exactly but that's at one point that it was true that we had to look a certain way and yeah. so, but i'm so Hair glad that we're yeah terms, all of that like but i'm so glad Glad that we're that we're moving past that point, and now I can look the way yeah. my people look. You know, like yeah. I can be quote unquote ghetto, and and you see that that's not a negative thing. You know, I don't always change the way I speak. Like I will go in there and talk like like I talk to my homegirls. Like I'll teach them and not use proper grammar, proper grammar. And sometimes the kids argue with me because they be confused, and I have to tell them that all of this is made up. If if we decided that the way that I was speaking now was proper grammar, that would be it. Like it's not, yeah, and it's, it's not an indication of yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. Some of the most creative, smartest people I know, subjects and verbs don't always agree. <laughs> yeah, and that's look. Grammar is a powerful thing once you learn, once you learn it, and once you utilize it the right way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, all grammar does is it actually makes you more capable of deciphering that slang mm-hmm. and, and appreciating it and appreciating more. the more i learned the further i went into being an english teacher and learning all this stuff the more i began to appreciate slang yeah. as a it's almost so as a language it's it like literally our, is almost um, like a language it is a language Basically, i mean it's not say it's it's our um dialect it's our natural language it's the way that we speak the, when you see little black kids and they talk like that 
Like that's just it's a beautiful thing. I and love put some it. respect on slang. That's what I be with Ebonics or whatever they want. Because call think it. about it, it's like it's like if you call Jamaican an accent. Jamaican is not an accent. If I say wagwan, nobody's gonna know what I'm saying. If I say bumblecot, nobody's gonna know what I'm saying. If I say what you would do, yeah, nobody's gonna not, know what I'm it's saying. Not an it took it's me years to be able to understand what my stepdad was saying. Like it, that is a whole nother language. You cannot Even call. The way that, um, you cannot call patois. That's really what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Patois. You cannot say that's not a language. It is a language. Even though there's a few English words in it, yeah, that doesn't mean that that's not a language. You know yeah. what I mean? And same with slang. That's mm-hmm. a whole language mm-hmm. that we I created think about for ourselves. Even being from um, certain parts, being from the deep, deep south, like my um, the guy I was dating at the time, but he was Haitian, so I don't know if that has some. If it had more with it being African American way of speaking, I don't know. But either way, he came to a um, family reunion, mm-hmm. and my family was speaking whatever. And then he turned to me. He was like, "Where are y'all from? Why y'all? What are y'all saying?" I'm like, "What are we saying? We, they speaking English. Like they're saying these things." And then I, it clicked to me that he we actually understand. do speak. Like yeah. if you're not used to it, words like yonder and like um, some other things that my grandparents and stuff certain words you just won't understand and it's normal to me and I just see it as slang or like as how you talk when you don't know how to speak Mm. properly but it really is an entire language that people don't understand and I don't think people put no respect on yeah they don't put no respect on Ebonics they don't and um I grew to respect slang because I moved around so much Mm -hmm. and I noticed that people use different slang yeah like in Vegas they said shit like what was something that I was saying? Don't do me. When I came to Atlanta, and people was like, "What the fuck do you mean?" <laughs> when I would say that, and I'm like, it means like, don't try me. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you know? Don't make me out to be this person or mm-hmm. whatever. But if I said that to a white person from up north, they would be looking at me like, "What do you mean? I don't want to have sex with you." You know, <laughs> they they wouldn't understand what I'm saying. So I've moved places, and I literally had to observe. Like, okay. What is the situation that's being, you know, communicated right mm-hmm. now? And I had to really learn the different slangs and the different things like that. So I know it's a language. I know it's a dialect. It's, and I know that it's not a coincidence mm-hmm. that, you know, in certain places they speak like this. And in certain mm-hmm. places they speak like that. Mm-hmm. And in certain places this means this and this means that. It's all like, it's all a different thought form. Mm-hmm. And it all has value. Yeah, most it certainly. all has value, and none of it is a determining factor of your intelligence. Mm-hmm. None of it, not at all, because you can you can speak in ebonics, mm-hmm. all ebonics, and still be completely, you know, coherent mm-hmm. and intelligent. And be extremely. And I know a lot of people who speak intelligently, quote unquote, and are not very intelligent. intelligent. Yeah, you just sound <laughs> like you are, but when I'm listening to your words, you're actually not saying nothing. Yeah, because if you know grammar, and that's why I'm learning that right now, even though I'm not in school, I'm teaching myself um general grammar and logic That's and good. rhetoric and stuff like that yeah anyway yeah, yeah it's important yeah. it's important to be able to decipher what anybody is saying mm-hmm. no matter where they're from mm-hmm. and that's what grammar does it teaches you you know how to not just listen to the words of something or that to the words that someone is saying but listen to the implications mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. you know and that's very important especially for brown people because sure. we weren't taught that and it wasn't seen as important at it all. wasn't and we didn't really because we didn't really have a lot of situations where we necessarily had to be in it i remember i went on a um i went to some type of convention in chicago and i always thought i was a very intelligent person 
But when I sat in the room and those and the people was getting up to speak, I didn't understand a thing that they were saying. And I was like so confused. And it was like when I first started college that I realized that if you don't know those things, you can get lost. Like yeah. you won't know what people are talking about. And people could be sharing information that Very could be valuable. Right. And yeah. you don't you don't understand it because you've never been exposed to it. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling what's that what is it when you feel um like, like you, you don't, don't belong? belong. Yeah, syndrome. I was feeling imposter syndrome. Like I have to get out of here. I can't be around these people. I can't do these things. I don't deserve to do this because I did not understand. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's it's so much power in understanding. Most it's so much, and I and then from that point on, I took out a notepad and I wrote down the words they said to my best ability that I didn't understand, or I wrote down what they were saying, then I reread it and yeah. broke it down. Like you got to do what you got to do. That's what I had to do with this book um, called The Trivium that I've been reading. It's the logic, grammar, and rhetoric book. And when I first read that book, I was looking at that shit like rhetoric. This is a whole ass different language. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand anything that I'm reading I had to read that three different times and take notes all the way Mm -hmm. through for me to understand what I was reading and I definitely felt imposter syndrome I was like what is this and why do I need to know it and Mm -hmm. I don't want to learn it but my partner he was like really really like adamant about it like this is really important you need to learn this and I just was like looking at it like whatever I don't care I'm a good communicator already why do I need Mm -hmm. to learn grammar why do I need to learn rhetoric why do I need to learn logic and when I tell you that book changed me like it changed the way I think it changes the way I communicate it changed the way that I listen to people like I don't just listen to the words people are saying anymore I listen to the implicit meaning of like mm-hmm. what they're saying and I look for the subject and I look for the predicate and I look for the preposition oh, and I look for this and that I and this and that. that it's so fun to be able to identify it is it's so fun to be able to identify like what someone is mm-hmm. saying like what, what, some, what they're and saying and sometimes people don't even know what they're saying they're yeah. we, we speak you know like we learn to speak that's just and we don't learn that you know like there's actually it's kind of it's what math is mm-hmm. to people who love math i hate math mm-hmm. but grammar is math to me mm-hmm. like being able to break down someone's sentence and mm-hmm. understand it and um all of that but what i really wanted to say is when you were mentioning you reading and having to take notes that is important and i mm-hmm. feel like that's what really keeps a lot of people from doing things is when something is going to take effort. You know, yeah, like once it takes take effort, effort, it's like, I don't want to do it. I don't need to do it. You know, like that's the this, attitude that yeah, we get defensive. It took me a year. It took me almost a year to really read that book, like and really take mm-hmm. notes and stuff like that. Because I read it three times and I was just expecting myself after the third time to just understand everything. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I have to take notes? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to spend hours mm-hmm. reading this one chapter in this book? Like, it took me, like, very long to read one chapter in that book. And it really taught me um, <clears throat> how much resistance I have to learning new things, really. Because I was always the person I was always the person that easily yeah. caught on, was getting good grades, got yep. a 2.75, doing the bare minimum. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And when Almost you have got, to work yeah. for it. When you got to yep. work for it, it's like, oh, shit. Like, I got to do some That's work. That's what college did time. to me. College did that to me. I breezed through school, like, easily. High A's all the time, easily. And then when I got to college and I had to read a textbook and I didn't grasp it and I had to, I pretty much flunked out my first year because I 
I couldn't make myself, I couldn't grasp, I couldn't cope with the fact that I was going to have to work for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't, I felt not smart. I felt like that was dumb. I felt like, and then I took on this attitude as if, well, I don't even know that, blah, blah, blah. When really, I was just afraid to work for it. I didn't yeah. want to work for it. Like, something, sometimes things are hard, and that's okay. Yeah. And you just move through it and you breathe through it. Like yoga. Like yoga. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yoga translates into oh, everything. Oh, my God. With them awful uncomfortable poses. And you just got to sit there that and That pigeon breathe. pose. Girl, that splits. <laughs> mine is, mine is simple warrior two. When I go into warrior two, I literally have to mentally prepare myself <laughs> to be there. And when no, I, I anything that has to do with my legs. Yeah, I feel I you. The low lunges, all that. Lunges. Listen. The moment I'm about to go into lunge. Girl. And I have to make myself say in it. Not just move in it quickly and move out. But no, go into it and breathe. Yeah. Breathe. Into, and not just shallow breathe. Breathe into your stomach. Mm. And to make myself do that, Listen, I'm so that takes some determination, honey. <laughs> Listen. But it translates into real life. Yeah, it really does. Because like, now you be when willing things to take get those hard, notes. you be willing to do mm-hmm. that work when, when it's time. Yeah. You know? Yep. Or when life gets hard in general, you're able to breathe. That's what I meant when I say turning yoga into a lifestyle yep. and not just a practice. Because it does translate into everything else. That breathing, like, you, you have to do that when mm-hmm. you're in stressful situations. When your kids are not, you know, mm-hmm. behaving. Mm-hmm. When, you know, when they having oh, a day. Because yes. they have day days, they just like we do. <laughs> and, I then know, as a, and then it's 30 of them having a day versus me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, that's the hardest, but yeah, that's true. It's a challenge for sure. But I'm it's, so glad to see so many people out. I know it's a good day. I, I thought when it, when, it was, when it said 40 degrees that it was gonna be uh, very cold. I'm glad it's not, and it's I'm glad not. that people are outside. Yeah, and nobody's on the phone. See, it's a beautiful thing. That's why I like going to nature reserves. Plus, I'm a people watcher. I like watching people. I also just like to see people being present because you don't see a lot of that nowadays. You just see people on their phone doing something. I have to make um, I make conscious decisions. Like if I'm out, I I won't be on my phone. If I'm walking, I'm not going to be on my phone Mm -hmm. looking down unless I'm like legitimately doing something. Yeah, or like unless I don't know where I'm going and I'm using GPS or something. But I don't just pull out my phone because I'm by myself. And I used to do that. Like if I had to walk somewhere by myself, I'd pull out my phone Mm -hmm. and just find something to take my mind off of it but it's important to not do that to actually be present yeah the presence is so important man you will miss out you miss out on a lot of life and stressing yourself out on social media with so much information constantly coming in coming in bombarded into your brain at all times yeah it's important i'm really learning to spend my time wisely especially when it comes to social media because i used to spend a lot of time on social media to the point where I was getting like almost 200 likes and my engagements were up and mm-hmm. I had all these people commenting on my stuff and I was getting all this validation and and that's addictive. Validation can be very addictive mm-hmm. and it's like I realized that because I stopped getting on Instagram for a long time and got back on and I was getting like 80 likes and I was getting mm-hmm. like 60 likes instead of the 150 I used to get. Mm-hmm. I'm like what's going on especially with the algorithm and stuff now that you, you really gotta do that, some though. stuff. I got that. It's not hard to work though. I, but I miss it just being when somebody posts, you see that picture because mm. they just posted it. Okay, that's what yeah, I want it to be. It works, and the reason why I'm saying it works, it works better for businesses. I think that's what they're yeah. striving for. I, yeah, because they want it to be more of a marketplace. But I didn't that's want Instagram to, to be it. a business. Yeah, I'm on Instagram you. for like the people. Like I want to see my friends. I want to mm-hmm. see what people that I actually 
care about or doing. I'm not really following a lot of people who I don't. But the thing is, the algorithm about. it does know the people you care about, and it like if you just gotta like their stuff. If you don't like their stuff, then, it, then they it's won't, gonna stop showing. They That's true. stop showing. So That's true. you have to make an effort to like go on your friend's page, like and their find. stuff, even if you haven't been on their page for a long time. Just go mm-hmm. and like a few stuff, so that it because can start it'll make the algorithm work for you. But if you don't, if you just get on Instagram randomly, like that day, and you didn't like your friend's post that week, they're not going to show them on your timeline. That's interesting. Because what they're doing is they're basically shaping your timeline. Trying to cater to... Yeah, they're shaping your timeline around stuff that you already like so that you'll Mm -hmm. get on there more. Mm -hmm. Because think about it. If you get on Instagram and there's nobody that you like on Instagram, would you say on there? Mm Mm-mm. Exactly. But so I also doing, wouldn't be following anybody that yeah. I like. So that's just the thing. <laughs> I don't follow people I don't like. So every single person that I follow, I kind of do want to see their pictures. Yeah, so you got to like their stuff. Even if you got to go down your timeline, like every single thing. Because that's what it's doing, basically. It's just Screw only them. showing I mean, things. I understand why they do yeah. it. But I don't want to impact in my life. Mm-hmm. My personal life. And then another thing, um, it's based on comments, too, I think. Like, if you get more comments, they put your posts, like, further at the top. Interesting. It's, it's a lot. I did it's not a, know. I just post and go. (laughs) Yeah, same. It's a system. Like sometimes, because there would be times when I would get like almost 100 likes, and there would be time when I'll get like 20, and I'm like, I know it's not like a coincidence Mm -hmm. that I'm just only getting 20 this day, and only getting, and then getting 90 this day, and 100 this day. It's definitely a system that they have where um, they show your pictures to people that already like them. Yeah. So if those, if there's not people liking your stuff, or if like, say, if your friends follow you, they don't like your stuff, they won't see your posts. Interesting. So you kind of want to like, which is annoying. It is. Annoying. But you kind of want to, if you're like building a business or something like that, you want to like get people to comment, get people to yeah. like your thing, get people to actually get people to engage with it. Because yeah. if they don't engage with it, then there's no way that they're gonna see it. So I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation between me and Linda. Um, It was such a genuine and such a fluid conversation that I didn't edit much of anything from it. So it's a little sporadic here or there, and there's no real, like, um, organization to it. Uh, We didn't even do an outro. (laughs) Like, I didn't even thank her on um, while I was recording or or whatever. But um, I guess I'll just do it now. Like, thank you so much, Linda, for being a part of the episode and for just sharing so much knowledge and for being willing to speak and share your truth i hope that you guys enjoyed this episode we will have more conversations with other people coming in the future so i hope that y'all like this style and if not then you know this sounds like a personal problem (laughs) just kidding not really but yeah so i just came back on here just to say goodbye and that i'll i'll talk to you guys next week i really look forward to it and please feel free to leave comments and your thoughts about this episode have a great day